Jotunheim, the heart of the network of the gods, miles of bone, sinew, and synapse. It's time to tear it all down. Ragnarok is coming, and it's you. I finished tinkering with the data spike, and I like tap, 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 tap all the all the badges, and like it's like those random number badges, right? Like every so mm-hmm. often, it just flips digits, and a different code nice. shows up. Yeah, I think we're good. I don't think this grid's going to be a problem at all. Let's move. All right, down the hallway we go. Onwards and upwards. So, yeah, we make our way through the Panopticon. We now can move with much more alacrity because we don't have to worry about Mm -hmm. running into a hallway that we can't traverse. Would this address some of our enhanced security measures as well? Like, would we get a tick in there because we now have that clearance? We had one extra hit on there. I think that that... So that hits one one tick on that also. Okay. So what's the next obstacle that we run into? Obviously, the heavily armed drones... And they are shaped like hawks. Ooh. So I think like this hallway opens up to like a giant warehouse. Oh my god, is it like a drone aviary? Yes! Oh my god. That's sick. It's ridiculous. And like, I don't know if this is like, I want these like hawks, like they are because these drones are like automated. Like they have like a certain programming that they do, and it's like to pick things up and drop them on us. Because we're going with this explosive theme. It's like they're just dropping bombs on us. They have talons. They can shoot lasers from their eyes. They are an extreme threat because a lot of the contents in this drone aviary, it's protected goods. So we see a lot of those same crates that are kind of like those unmarked smooth crates with like an emblazoned symbol probably of like our uh, the prison logo. But there's a lot of like special content here that otherwise we shouldn't have access to. Can I, can I throw in a complication related to the, to the, to the drones? Oh, please. So we are all high rank, we are all very high ranking people in the eyes of the Panopticon. And I think ironically, the difficulty that comes with that is when we approach these drones, like there is a subroutine that says like, oh, these are high ranking people. We have to like float near, we have to like be near them and like, they are kind of on top of us because they perceive like the, the we are being registered as like high They're level. providing a security escort. Yeah, and so like, and so yes. like, it is this thing of like, you know, we just catch hawks looking at us, and like, it's like everybody be chill, and nobody, nobody do a thing that is going to alert one of these hawks that something is wrong, because all eyes in this aviary are on us at this moment. Yes, and I don't exactly have a list of morals to go on, so I think good old Nidhogg might decapitate one of these hawks for getting a little too close to his face. It was going to be you or me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it had to be. Uh, and that is going to set off a series of explosives and chaos. I, yeah, I think that we're in a position where we all, so describe describe that happening to Nidhogg. And then I think all of us are in a position where we need to avoid danger coming at us, Right situationally we're all going to have a difficulty that we have to try and overcome to avoid any one of the three things that these hawks do to damage us mm-hmm. well like i like the way that jeff kind of explained it like there are security details so they are hovering around us but i don't know like it's annoying as heck not only do they kind of flutter they're making a lot of beeping noises you know that sound like when you in movies when you light an explosive and like the, the mm-hmm. like that's 
almost. They all seem to make that sound as well. So Nidhogg Nidhog just kind of got annoyed and grabbed one of the birds, the drones, and just ripped its head off. Shouldn't have been possible, but they're they're meant to be airborne, so their defenses aren't incredibly strong. But that, like, if all these birds had, like, green eyes, presuming that we were allies, they all just kind of, like, flick to red. And, like, the, like, the tone of the entire room, like, that maybe, like, mellow purple now flicks to red again and, like, and, like, an alarm starts to go off. All right. So not only do we have heavily armed drones to overcome, but we also have the enhanced security measures going off. Cool. So I think each of us should say for another what the issue at hand is with these hawks scrambling. B, if you don't mind, I, I think I've got yours. The one that you rip, you, you rip this thing apart and the two pieces are in your hands and they explode. It just fucking explodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah! Yep. Yep. That feels right. So yeah, B, why don't you take Alex and Alex, you take Jeff and Jeff, you can have me. I'm just going around the order of video. And- mm-hmm. Siv. These drones are diving you, and they are starting to take things off of your persons. And you you hear like the clatter of your pocket laser as it kind of gets knocked out of your persons and onto the ground as one of these hawks try to snatch it away from you. Well, that certainly will do. Let's see. So this would just be like we, you know, same as any other like complication that we're developing for ourselves, mm-hmm. right? We just like come up with a way to address it and then... Make it happen. Yep. And, and then we'll assign each other difficulties to roll, and then we'll take actions to try and avoid. Right. Sounds good. I am a person who who reacts as quickly as possible to a lot of things. I think I'm always sort of constantly on the move. My immediate reaction as this thing comes toward me, I think, would be to try to pull out my pocket laser and inscribe a rune on this thing, because that's something I can do. I use my laser to like inscribe runes from a distance on the fly, and I think that would be my initial sort of reaction to this. So I'm going to try to pull out my pocket laser before it can get to me and i'm gonna try to inscribe let me see the holdaz rune on it the rune for home hearth and rest what i'm trying to do essentially is just put this thing into rest mode as it is sort of a you know a security critter um then it, it has one whether that's to go back to a physical roost or just to like go into sleep mode as a robotic creature so that's sort of my my intention here why don't you define what sigrun's difficulty is going to be we'll get all the difficulties like situationally defined so we can sort of montage it and we'll all roll our actions simultaneously yeah totally sounds good so we established that like attacking one of these things is also sort of set off our situational security systems too right that like the room at large is going to try to attack us i think the uh, difficulty for for you or the one that you have noticed which will affect all of us is that on the other side of the room that we need to get through and to like the doors are beginning to close very classic chase sequence style where they are sliding towards each other or the top down yeah 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 top down definitely and you can tell it's like a hydraulic thing too where like it is going to seal very firmly it's moving slowly for that reason but very very deliberately and it's not something that necessarily just like brute force would be able to put a stop to all right and what's magnus's complication your complication is i think what it is you spot something that no one else does. You spot like a particular drone that no one else does. There is a, there is an opportunity with this, but it is coming at a big cost. You are getting an opportunity at a humongous cost because you spot what is in this room, the drone controller, and it is landing in front of you, which is to say Ooh. you spot, whereas all these are hawks, this is the, this is the rock. Yes, ROC. This yeah. is the, this is the much larger and scarier 
drone hawk that like lands in front of you and like you can you see it like it blink like, like has lights on it that are blinking that are clearly like directing several of the other drones and like but this one also still has the laser eyes and is much larger and stronger and like has like big like claws and is just like the big giant scary thing has landed right in front of you and we get that kind of one quiet beat of like oh this is going to rule <laughs> <laughs> all right so Needhog, I think your difficulty, the thing's exploding in your hands, like right in front of you. Yeah. It's at least a six to, to try and see what damage you can avoid. Okay. I like that. And like, I am as slippery as a snake. So I want to be able to use that detail to kind of slip out of as much damage as I can. Throw off some of the damage even. Throw the exploding head as it explodes on me, but hopefully I'm slippery enough. Nice. And you're also wearing stolen RPB body armor which is going to afford some protection. Awesome. That gives me an extra die, correct? Mm-hmm. So I think I'm just rolling D66. Okay. One, two. I can re-roll those. Mm-hmm. What detail are you going to use to re-roll with that control point? I think I'm going to use my I don't believe in morals because like the asshole that this character is, she throws the exploding drones over at Sigrun. <laughs> Sorry, my dude. Oh, I'm 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 taking that moment and running with. All right, let me get this roll again then. So two d six. It's actually it's four d six that you get to roll. Uh, well, that is one more success. So that's a total of three successes. That is not the six explodes. So you get to roll that six again. Ah, it explodes indefinitely. Yes, as long as you keep rolling sixes. Love that. All right, you got four of the six. Yeah. So you've got two glitch dice now. Describe what sort of the the aftermath of all of this that is leaving you shaken and uh, sort of unable to effectively execute whatever action it is you're going to do next. The explosions of these birds start to set off other mm-hmm. of the drones. So there's just like the cacophony and chaos above. So Nidhogg has to kind of like hit the ground to avoid the bulk of the explosions and a lot of the smoke that is now going to obscure all of our vision. Awesome. Uh, what's the difficulty for for Siv's action? Uh, they took the pocket laser. I think that's going to be a six. Okay. Out of everything, like it's a difficult thing to kind of do and like the surrounding area is starting to get incredibly chaotic, but you are, you're the clan of the raven. This should be up your wheelhouse. Cool. So I'm going to use my pocket laser pointer to try to stop this thing mm-hmm. before it gets me. And I'm also going to, if it's cool with you, use my no idle hands, just play things trait. Mm-hmm. So that would be what, 11? Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Don't forget your stolen gear, your armor. I don't think the armor is really going to help me with this. This is sort of a dexterity thing, I think. Yeah. At least in my mind. Okay. Yeah. Oof. Yikes on bikes. What are these rolls? We have no luck. Ooh, There's so many ones. Do I get to re-roll the six? Uh, that's only when you spend a control point. Okay. So you can succeed. You're just going to take one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight glitch dice. If you... I think I'm actually just going to fail. Honestly, I think I'm just going to, like, it gets my laser pointer. It's knocked out of my hands and I don't have it for the moment. All right. Yeah. Your your laser pointer is is now skittering across the room, a la the vial of poison in Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. All right. Excellent. What is Sigrun's difficulty there, Alex? Well, I mean, first I need to know how far into the room were we before you just ripped this thing apart? Maybe like 10 to 15 feet. Not incredibly far. Okay. And it's on the other side of a warehouse. 
So, uh, yeah, I think this is going to be, I don't know, I want to say maybe like a seven or an eight. I mean, you do make things that go boom, like sort of creating occupational hazards is is your, your forte. But I don't know. Does Does the difficulty include the fact that you have like bird drone exploding carcasses being thrown at you right now or or is that factored in some other way <laughs> i was actually i was factoring that into my solution <laughs> okay great well awesome then i feel like an eight does that feel fair to everyone that's solid yeah it's a lot of chaos that feels good that feels that feels fair to me because i think what happens here is there's there's this there's this moment where like it turns from betrayal into like it's you know that classic moment where it seems like people are working against each other and then it just turns out they're perfectly in unison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nidhogg throws the the I imagine it's the body of the raven and the head still explodes or the hawk and the head still explodes. Yeah. You throw the body at me. I have already been like pulling out pieces and picking up little things and I'm screwing stuff together. And I grab the body, I swirl around, I kind of jam it onto this device, and I send it rolling, and you see that I've built this little four-wheeled like semi-automated like driving car bomb thing god that rules and it's just like i'm like i'm like whirl like it's and it's just like it hits the ground and a little engine kicks off and it just whirls towards it and i'm like get to the keypad just one good boom is gonna is gonna stop this and i am going to i am rolling i make things that go boom and i am taking my at need ability breakdown i have mm-hmm. grabbed components for my needs so i'm gonna roll 13 dice Nice. Oh, that's beautiful. Here's a question. Can you ever use more than one detail at a time? Uh, no. Okay. I was just curious. One, two. Makes Ooh. sense. Because I'm looking at all of Sigrid's details right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> that is six dice. That is six successes, right? One, two, three, five, six. Not bad. I've got a control point left, so I'm also going to use what good are toys if they're not fun like i think it gets close and like the doors is really like veering shut and like there's definitely a moment i think where where like the everyone else kind of looks over and is clearly like being like oh no the door and like you look over at me and i just got my arms crossed and the biggest goofiest smile on my face (laughs) as the wings flap and it takes off to the skies and i'm like (laughs) oh i love my i love my job yes Oh my god, the only one amongst us. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then re- re-roll the six. So that is, that's still, that's still, uh, that's that's my two more, so that's eight. So that is, I think it, it flies headlong into a keypad and it lights up and like, it, it seems needlessly endangering to everyone in the room that I did this through a complicated toy-based bomb thing, but I'm like, ha <laughs> I love my job. <laughs> okay, the the control rock is in front of me. What's my difficulty? Oh, it's gotta be, I think, seven or, I'm gonna say seven. I think it is seven or eight. What do you, what do you two think? Seven or eight. I want to say seven now because of like the like the changes that you have made, Ms. Sigrun, Like those have been very helpful. Yeah, I think seven because I think I think what I'm going to say is seven because I think several of the smaller uh, hawks have chased after the the rolling bomb. I think. Yeah. So I think like I think you're kind of one on one with mm-hmm. this thing, and that's kind of like exactly where you want to be. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna exercise some restraint. If you had gone higher, I was probably gonna summon the giant. But I, I, I think, ah. I think this, I, I, I'm, I'm, my threat assessment is like going off. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sort of trying to take in all of this 
And as things shift, like you see the armor start to flex again, and then it calms down as I just reach back and I pull the Bane Blade. And I am, I'm going to go right into just try and stop me. Damn, it's so cool that you have a Beyblade. <laughs> it is. We just, ah! I just rip it right into the arena and <laughs> around we go. No, actually, I'm sorry. That is, unfortunately, I, per per the terms that Alex and I laid out at the start of that, I do have to point out that I believe that might be a typo. You, you've written down Beyblade. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it is a Keyblade, not a Beyblade. <laughs> yeah! You have succeeded. I have solved <laughs> your your Keyblade puzzle. <laughs> let's see so that is 11 dice and i don't think I, this is nothing with the networks it's just straight up 11 dice uh so seven successes right yep yep one two three i think that magnus is very invested in just doing this quickly and moving out of here because this is like the last thing that we need to do to sort of stop the heavily armed drones and mm-hmm. and and there's then only one more thing that we need to overcome before we actually get to the hand of tear so i'm going to take success at a cost with this one and i'm going to pull in four okay. glitch dice Ooh, that's so many glitch dice yeah so basically what it amounts to is that i think that this thing moves surprisingly quickly and its wings are as dangerous as, as Talon and Claw. And so Magnus lets it get a shot in first because that will bring it closer and then the blade can just go straight down into its back. Nice. But what it's going to mean in addition to the glitch dice that are sitting around is that this armor is toast. Right. Mm. The the armor absorbed most of the actual damage. Like there are superficial cuts and bruises and, and that sort of thing. But the the stolen armor is going to be of no use at all for protection or identification. Basically, I'm just wearing scraps of body armor at this point in time with whatever my normal clothes are underneath. There's a, a, a tropical patterned shirt and a set of cargo shorts. Love it. <laughs> Incredible. Oh, my gosh. But like in a cyberpunk way. Yeah, it, it's all neon. Right? It's neon cargo shorts. That's right. Classic. So so I've got those four glitch dice now, but the the security rock drone thing, the control drone, is dead. And when that thing powers down, they all just start falling from the sky. Clunk, 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 uh, clunk, and clunk. we actually probably need to get out of here because some of those bombs mm-hmm. that they're carrying are just going to go off. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. I suggest we run now, Sigrun, get that door behind us. You know I will. Go, go, go. Do I have time to grab my laser pointer? Is it on the way? Did it skitter in the opposite direction? I need some guidance. I think we all have a difficulty five to avoid, like, explosions. Mm-hmm. And Alex, I'm going to say seven if you want to grab that laser pointer. Yeah, cool. Okay, so I'll, let's all pick a detail and roll five. Make sure we don't pick up any extra glitch dice on the way out here. And by the way, I'm rolling four glitch dice Along with mine. I'm rolling oh my two God. with mine. I'm rolling two of my glitch dice. Yep. And I am, I'm just going to use can't stop, won't stop. It's my five point because we're trying to get out of here. So this is going to be, it's going to be bad. Uh, I'm going to count my gear, like my armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. One, two, Fuck. I'm taking, I would take five glitch dice here. I think that's fine. Take a five glitch dice. Okay. 
how do my glitch dice come into effect? Like I'm rolling those independent of my main pool or? Yep. Okay. And you do not want hits on those. I, w- I, w- I will show you in just a moment what happens when you get hits on glitch dice. Well, I got a five and a six on my glitch dice, so I might die. No, no, no. Pro- pro- probably won't die, but something bad's going to happen. Ah. Uh, okay. I'm going to roll with not over till it's over, which is my five point detail. And I'm also going to use my fingertip runes as gear to basically cast a rune for myself, which is the rune of travel. Make myself, <laughs> nice. you know, a little bit more mobile as I'm going through here, I think. So that's, I mean, that's six dice. There's no way I'm going to get seven successes, but let's see how bad it is. Pretty bad. It's one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, we all die. So are you, are you going to, you going to get your laser pointer back and take five glitch dice? Mm, I mean, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to leave it. Like, <laughs> all right, <laughs> cool. So you do singed scorched you've got you've got some issues b you and i actually rolled hits on our glitches so Mm -hmm. yours first because it's of slightly lower status you have a minor complication that affects an ally so something about how you were getting out of there actually harms or long-term hinders one of us now this is a narrative thing Mm. okay i have one I'm so sorry. Siv, one of the bombs. So I'm running and I'm running. Mm-hmm. And Nidhogg, again, they don't really care about anybody else other than themselves. So they kick right. something that's about to explode and they kick it in your direction just as you're like reaching down to grab your laser pointer and it's going to blow off like your, your ring finger or something. Mm-hmm. There goes one of your runes. Oof. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can still use the runes quickly, mm-hmm. but I would say for the remainder of, of this sort of stretch of stuff, you're not going to get a bonus die okay. from them. That's that's kind of like a minor complication is kind of like a one die sort of issue, right? Okay. I rolled three hits on my glitch dice. Ooh. So I get a standard complication that affects me. And I have written here in the text, uh, mechanical and narrative complications. So standards... Until the end of a scene, the character's at-need ability is unavailable. That's one example. Or standard, a trusted contact doesn't show to the next meeting, right? That's it, that's sort of what a standard complication would be. In this case, I think that not being able to use the at-need ability is pretty appropriate. Yeah. I think that a piece of shrapnel smacks me in the back of the head and, like, there's a big cut. There's blood running down onto my neon tropical shirt. Oh. and. I don't think I'm going to be able it's it's something about it is limiting Groken's access to the network. So so Groken is not going to be able to use I'm not going to be able to use ancient flex for the rest of of the scene. And the scene is sort of until we finish with the hand Mm -hmm. of tear. But we get out, we 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 slide under the stalled doors. Yes, And you get the rest of them sort of put down there, Sigrun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think what happens is uh, I am I am I'm just straight booking it and things are blowing up around me. I'm getting tumbled in all all directions. We roll through like we're all burnt and bloodied and busted up and we get to the shield wall that is like on the other side of like an open yard. Right. Like it's kind of a there's some there's some spaces for like meetings. It's kind of like an outdoor meeting space and there's like tables and chairs. And it's like almost like half prison yard, half like block of conference rooms. And on the other side, there's mm-hmm. this giant shield wall. 
Alex, you're welcome. Thank you so much. In the, in the, <laughs> oh, no. You, you, I'm telling you right now, you're welcome for what is about to come. In the same way that, 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 that the forces of Tyr, like, do not care about the life of their employees that, like, go where they're not supposed to, this is a whole separate security system, which is there are multiple doors. It's a series of doors that chomp down at random intervals. And, like, the idea is, like, there's a set schedule for people of a certain clearance level to receive the indicated door. But, like, but like it is still, like, there are, depending on your security level, like, you are given a different list of, like, the door times. So, like, if you try to enter the room at the wrong time through the wrong door, like, it chomps down and comes back up. So, like, it is a series, so it is Whoever a matter wrote of- this episode should die. It is a matter of figuring <laughs> out, like, which chomper door is going to, ch- like, they all kind of tick up and then four of them chomp down. And they all kind of tick mm-hmm. up and then four different ones chomp down. And like you kind of know which door you're supposed to go to because it's like it's it's you get the 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 printout every day that like indicates that like from these minutes this is the door that will stay open and like we're just kind of but like we don't have that information so we're just seeing doors open and slam kind of at random yeah oof and with that I think this is a good point to stop just so we can do a little bit of on air debrief I put a note next to the high shield high security shield wall to pick up here next time. Awesome. We covered a lot of territory today. Yeah, this game runs this game runs quick. Heck yeah, we did. This felt very good. Yeah. So I wanted to do the usual and do a roses and thorns and see what really hit, what you think needs a little bit of work. Before that, I have one quick rules question. Please. Which I apologize, we haven't played forever and I completely forget. Are glitch dice per character or per player? Those are per character. Okay, that's what I thought. So I remembered that I had three glitch dice for Itis, and I forgot about that. So yeah, yeah, because those specifically will affect Itis and his story. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Awesome. Well, roses. Gosh, heck, I am in love with all of the characters that we're experiencing, all of the different stories that are being told, all the personalities that are kind of spread out along this story that's being told, like. From an audio, like from a consumer perspective, if I was listening to this as an audio drama or an actual play, I would just be in love with the different perspectives that are all kind of pushing towards the same narrative. I find that incredibly appealing and I'm really enjoying the way that we're going about it, the way that we're building our details and how those details and the gear informs on the mechanics of it. So I've just been really enamored by how all of this is going so far. I think that's that's a big that's a big same for me. I love like I know that was really like kind of what we'd all kind of said was the sort of the stated goal as we kind of got into it and like mm-hmm. Well hey, we did it. <laughs> I think it's doing exactly what you want it to do. Like the the switching yeah. characters feels so natural and like I'm jumping in and you know, picking characters up and putting them down. It feels natural and it does not feel like the time it took to make these characters took any real time yeah and i also building off of that i want to say that it's really nice that like we saw last time we played with building out like burnt umbers crew how easy and quick it was to make characters that were originally intended to be npcs but even with using like the quote-unquote playbooks like using the clans it still went really really quickly which is something that was neat to see Mm -hmm. because i know that like when we built them out before it was kind of this idea of just like just throw somebody down give them some details and we'll figure them out later like this was a slightly more involved process that gave us effectively new like fully fledged player characters and it still took basically no time at all yeah 
the other rose that I want to throw out is I really love the glitch dice. I love the sort of that moment of like seeing the dice on the table yes. and like that that decision of like, hmm, do I take this? Do I not take this? And then rolling the glitch dice was really like fun and satisfying, like and going like, oh, I hope that I don't. And then seeing the dice come up and filling out those complications was fun. And like it made it made getting hurt mm-hmm. fun. Yes, I love failing forward and the glitch dice really enable that in a good, like fun way. Like you said, like, I don't feel like I'm being punished. I mean, we are getting consequences, but like, I don't feel like, oh, darn, I don't want to play the game anymore because this bird exploded, this drone exploded in my face. Nah, I'm going to take it and move on. Good, good. That actually assuages one of my concerns because I was a little bit worried about the glitch dice because it's a new, we Mm. had never really gotten into them before. And I, I wanted to make sure that they felt effective and that they felt tense enough but not so tense it takes you out of the narrative and i think alongside characters aren't disposable necessarily but it's not you're not as invested in a given character like bad things can happen and it's okay because Mm -hmm. it's part of the Mm -hmm. whole story it's not everything's riding on this one person that i've been playing for you know 20 30 hours of gameplay so cool good I, i i had i had some some lingering concerns and you you literally just put them all to rest (laughs) so yeah i'm really happy with tracking out the bits of the story tracker and how how that works it's i think it's just going to be a matter of really making sure that the procedure is codified in the final text because this is a it's a very heavily procedural game i think that would be the, the the thorn for me was around the story tracker having more clarity around like what constitutes checking off one of the boxes. Like, I I don't know if it's yeah, right. Right now it's, it's feel, it feels, and I good. think, I think, I think that, yeah, I think like, and I think this is something that, that kind of came, like popped into my head was like you said, this is a very ritual game. Like there's procedures for things. And I think that there, there should be, I think that it feels like there needs to be triggers or a procedure or like something that says when this happened, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like there, like mm-hmm. there needs to be a, a thing that says when this happens, check off a box. I don't know if it's a trigger or a procedure or like a, a thing, but it felt like I needed, I, I, I felt uncertain about like when we would get to the point to check off the thing. How, I don't know, this isn't a thorn by any stretch of the imagination. It's just like, I don't know how I do this, but how do I get control points back? You choose to fail an action. Ah, I love yeah, that. When, when, when you would normally roll, you, you say, nope, I'm going to absolutely fail this. And then you get a control point back and you take all the narrative complications that come along with Sick. it. Sick. Heck yes. Okay. Well, then there is another rose. Oh, cool. So basically what you would do, we would say, okay, well, this is a six difficulty complication, right? You fail it. Six glitch dice are yours. And now mm-hmm. you have a control point back. Now, so I guess the question is for the game that we played that I'm curious about. Does that mean Alex got a control point back? No, because Alex chose to roll first. Got it. Okay. You have to choose failure before the dice hit the table. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I almost mentioned it at that point in time, but we were cl- clicking along so well that I didn't want to stop the momentum mm-hmm. and say, oh yeah, there was this thing you could have done that I didn't tell got you it. about. Right. Good to know. Yeah. Something that's not a thorn for me, but I feel like I want to bring it up just because it's hard in this case to make a distinction between what just feels good for our group and a play style that we like to approach versus like the game itself as it is built because we're the people building it. Mm -hmm. So I want to make it clear that like 
while I really, really enjoy playing a game where my teammates can at any point in time choose to make my life hell and like actively make it more difficult. And I thought that like the decisions that be made in the warehouse about like, you're not just going to do what you're not going to do. Like you're going to get an exploding bird thrown at you. Like you're going to lose a finger. I love that kind of play. And I think that like with the people at this table, I really like it because I, I like you guys and I trust you guys. But I do just want to make a distinction that like that's something that is a play group choice and not like a feature of the game. Like that's not necessarily a thing that all people who play this game have to do in order to play Ironetta. I see exactly what you're saying. Yep. At this point in time, it sort of is because right now, as the glitch results are written, one hit complicates your life two hits complicates an ally's life and i think what i'm saying is i'm not like this is not a note for you tracy this is a note for like just people in general that like if there's a thing in a game that doesn't work for you and your table that could actively ruin your enjoyment of the game like you should change that for your group and not like and not be like well the game says that i have to be an asshole to you so like i'm gonna do it you know what i mean yes no that that totally makes sense and and i I have that written there because I think it's narratively interesting, mm-hmm. but I I think the distinction is important that the the narrative is impacting you. It's not the person who's at the table with you fucking with your character. And the reality is that like my broader, more nuanced opinion on this really is that like if you're playing with people who are going to make your life miserable at a table, you just shouldn't be playing with them and you shouldn't like you shouldn't really have to put safety mechanics in place for something like that because you shouldn't really be giving that vulnerability with yourself to somebody who's going to abuse it in that way. But that's Mm -hmm. not like a helpful conversation to have in a text format that people can't like interact with. So I, I think it's just, it's worth noting as we are the people like actively designing it by example and through our play that like not every group is going to have this dynamic. And not every group of people that comes to a text to play for the first time is going to have this level of like trust and faith and experience with each other's playing. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's I'm going to to write that section and revise it carefully because I think your points are, are very good and valid. And at the same time, I also don't want to design the game with assholes in mind. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. They are the minority. Exactly. Like if you it's one of those things like you say, well, this is an edge case, and if you have people who are blah, 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 uh, then that just sort of invites that kind of thing to happen. So it's it's definitely worth noting, though, and I appreciate you taking the time to point it out while we're recording, because it's, it's good. Yeah. We are, a very, we are a very particular group, and we are literally making this game because we like what it does. Yeah, and I and then that's the thing is like it's not a problem that I have with the game. It's not even a, a problem that I think exists with the game. I think it's just a matter of like this is such a unique style of game design to have a game created in real time as people are building it around themselves that it's it gets easy to not make a distinction between like what is the game versus like what is these people playing the game. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's and that's super great especially because this game is purposefully designed for not just this kind of play with us as a group, Mm -hmm. but this kind of play as a podcast presenting what it is that we're doing to people. And there is a big difference between this is what we as people can handle versus what the game says. It happened at that moment that it dovetailed that B was like, well, my character's kind of a jerk. And also my complication affects somebody else. So great. It it all came out in the wash. But it's possible that B could have said that and 
Alex could have been like, okay, cool, your character's a jerk. But that may not work with other table dynamics. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. important to note that that our mojo, not mojo, our uh, vibes. vibes, thank you, allow us to do that effectively and safely with each other. And also in that moment, you know, we'd already built in a certain level of like enthusiastic consent for that kind of gameplay by even without having to like explicitly say, I'm okay with your character hurting me. Like we set up this scene by going into it with this whole conversation with Roy about like there are acceptable casualties. And like we had this long conversation about the like revolution as a whole being led by people who were okay with making these sacrifices. And so the understanding was implicit that like, you know, we don't care if all these characters don't make it out. Yeah, we had contextual consent for bad shit to happen because that's the situation we knew we were walking into. Cool. Do you or B have any thorns specifically for the mechanics sessions, anything? If not, it's okay. I just, because uh, hopefully we have fewer thorns as we go on, right? Because we're ironing out all of these kinks as we're, uh, as we're getting there. So I do want to say I did rewrite the bone bonded. Uh, this is Aki, you'll need to pay attention to this because I realized that the language for the living network for summoning the bones was mm-hmm. from the previous edition. So now when you summon the bones to represent that increase in efficacy, you double the number of dice in your pool. Oh my God, I love that. Because it used to be it was upgraded, right? Because we were going to go from D6s to D8s to D10s, but now you double. So your potential is much, much, much greater. That's sick. That feels like tangibly strong too. Yeah, but you can also take a lot of glitch dice and that means you start owing your giant favors. Uh, heck yes. I just love failing forward. Yeah, I don't have any thorns. Iron Edda Reforged is a production of the One Shot Podcast Network in conjunction with the other dev productions. Written and designed by Tracy Barnett. Performed by Alex Flanagan, B. Zelda, and Jeff Stormer. Edited by Jupiter Aquas. Rebels, it's coming soon. The next session that is going to go up on this feed is the one that is the most satisfying piece of combat that I've ever had. And everything that you heard, everything you heard in the last two episodes is leading to this. I am so excited for you to hear it. I love, love what we got established in these episodes with what, again, what I'm calling the wrecking crew. I love the feedback. I think everyone has really great points. Otherwise, why would I have those playtesters? They're all extremely, extremely intelligent, capable, wonderful people, and I'm so happy that they're part of this project with me. So if you like what's going on, stay tuned because the next couple episodes are going to be just stellar for you. Uh, We are coming up on the holidays. So what that means is there's going to be a little bit of a break. We have the next two episodes are already recorded. They're in the can. So we are going to get to the heart of tier and through that point. We don't have another recording scheduled as of yet. So there's going to be a bit of a gap uh, after the next two episodes. So we're, we're going to go all the way through the end of the year, basically. And then in January, we're going to have some time off because scheduling a session during the holidays is not a great use of anybody's time, right? We all need time to relax and recover and recuperate here at the end of the year. So Ironetta Reforged Puppa Strings is going to be heading through the end of December. Then we're going to have a break. We'll have probably three, four more episodes, and then we should, in theory, be to the end of this arc where the crew will be taking down tier. What's going to follow that? Well, you're just going to have to stay tuned to find out. There's uh, there's some cool stuff around the corner. 
But anyway, thank you as always for listening. Thank you for the support that you give. Go leave reviews. Go support me and, and the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash the other Tracy. Follow me on Twitter. Follow all of us follow all of us on Twitter. It's at Party of One, at Coffee Detective with threes instead of the E's and coffee. At B Zelda. These are the people who are part of this. This is how you can support us. And as always, thank you for listening. If you like this show, you should check out some of the other shows on the One Shot Podcast Network. Shows like Modifier. Modifier is an interview show hosted by Megan Dornbrock all about why and how people change games. From the hobbyist to the professional, from house rules to publication, we all have in mind a better way to play. What's yours?